Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Rhino Show Podcast, voted number one black-hosted podcast here in Canada. Listen, this is a safe space for unsafe conversations. You know, before I get into my, my special guest here, I woke up this morning and I was feeling um, that we just got to love people. You know, I, I was literally, I was on the treadmill, um, I was running through, you know, because when you have kids and you're a dad, you literally got to like, you got to like dodge your kids sometimes in the morning and be like, daddy's got to work, kisses and hugs. And then my wife's got the kids and... It's kind of like a sprint and an obstacle course just to get to the treadmill. And it's crazy. But, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm running on the treadmill. And I just thought, man, you know, we really got to love each other as people. And I love these kind of good vibes that come over because I think, you know, step into your energy and feel really good. So uh, people who are listening to this episode, you are in for an absolute treat. Uh, as many people know, uh, I love real estate. I've been in real estate since I was 18 years old. You know, I literally saved up from when I was 13 to 18, uh, you know, from cutting my own hair, putting $20 away a week, $80 a month, $1,000 a year times five years is five grand. And I used that $5,000 to put a down payment on my first small apartment condo flip that returned me $45,000 as an investment. And that was when I knew, man, brother, you came from a broke uh, pass, but you, my friend, can build some really good wealth in real estate. I am here with Priscilla Facey from Build Up Development Company out of Toronto. Curly hair, got the can too. The curls are nice and isolated, very fluffy. But she is a female in the real estate development game. And I think, first of all, she's a female in the real estate development game, and she's a black female in the real estate development game. So Priscilla, without further ado, welcome to the Rhino Show podcast, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a beautiful intro um, with your own story. And that's literally, this is like the ethos of my of my company, of my brand, um, and what I've been looking to build, you know, sort of an undercurrent as I was started off selling real estate. I started looking around and realizing, you know what, I don't have clients who come from money. Mm. I certainly come from money. I bought my first house at 23. So you were actually younger than me. I thought I was the youngest person to buy first property. <laughs> that's, that's something special. But um, no, I was 23. I bought my first house and I came out of it two years later with a profit of $50,000. And mm. there was, it was not an easy process. You know, mm. back then the down payment for me was 12 grand, not quite year five, but 12 yeah. grand. Yeah. Um, I stood that up together. You know, I was living with my parents, saving for my first job. And uh, I was living in that house and I was, broke. Mm. I work in a job that paid me $40,000 a year, which for mm. me at that time was good money. It was a government job. Of course. Um, and then I, but I fell into, I had my student debt. I had mortgage property tax. I couldn't, you know, manage it. I think one thing that people don't realize is you can have money, but if you don't know how to manage money, whether mm. you have a small amount or a big amount, things can go sideways really quickly. So I started getting phone calls from a collection agent, etc., And I was like, I can't manage this. Let me sell the property. I sold the mm. property, paid off my student debt and still had enough money to buy another property. And mm. from there, it started taking off. I used, you know, I, I had a, a pipe burst in my condo, mm. my property, a pipe burst. An insurance company paid me out 12 grand. And a real estate agent friend of mine said, hey, why don't you take this money and invest it in a pre-construction up and coming neighborhood in Toronto? I said, okay, cool. I started telling my friends about it. 
they all got excited. And I literally sold eight units for him. He got all the commission. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're a hustler. You're a hustler. You're a hustler. People trust you. People, you know, and I was excited about it. I think people felt that energy, um, you know, making money from a non-traditional source. Uh, mm. I didn't have to get up and go to work for it. Um, I wasn't ultra passionate about my government job at that mm. particular time. You know, in government, things move slow. I was like, I was kind of quick. I was quick. I wanted, you know, a little more of that hustle, fast-pacedness to my day. Um, and that's how I got into real estate. And, you know, from there, I started buying and selling a couple of properties. And from that point, I started getting into development. And Listen, I mean, listen, entrepreneurship is slow and clunky. You know, entrepreneur, here's the difference I make between entrepreneurship and corporate. Entrepreneurship is sexy. I can choose what I want to eat. I can roll up. I can go up my pace. I can have flexibility over time. And then all that hard work goes down the drain sometimes in corporate because it's like you have this beautiful, sexy idea. And then somebody comes in and is like, yeah, but what's the accountant going to think about that? You know, the numbers don't make sense. And it's, it's just like this terrible, you know, it's like that. It's like that movie Wedding Crashers, you know, like I'll find you like some crazy crap happening right now. Here's the thing that I find interesting. You bought a place. You were still living at home. You know, for me, I, you know, I, 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 I have a single mom. My mom was passed away at that time. So I, I didn't really live at home. I was just trying to live. But what was interesting is when I bought that first apartment condo flip, you know, for me, I was renting a place. So people yeah. would say, whoa, whoa, Ryan, wait a sec. Whoa, whoa. Okay. You were renting a place and then you went and bought a place, but then you flipped that place. A lot of people they, to this day, they're like, why wouldn't you own that and live in that? And I, and for me, I was like, no, because I want, I, I need money. Like I need, I need a business here. So could you speak to the, to that? Because I think a lot of people, that's still a big debate, but that's still a very big topic and a very, very big, clear kind of line in the sand, so to speak. It definitely is a line in the sand. And what I say to people is own something, period. The goal mm. is ownership. The way to get in the game, maybe where you live in the city you live in, like if you're from Vancouver or like in Toronto, mm. It's expensive mm. for people. A person on a single salary definitely cannot afford to purchase something in the city that they need to live in. That's cool. Rent where you need to live, but own something somewhere. This is why we started developing in smaller cities. We're out in Niagara Falls. Um, mm. you know, so it makes it a lot more affordable. Just buy something somewhere. If you are a tenant where you live, be a landlord somewhere else, right? Mm. And that's very attainable. This mindset shift really needs to happen. People are very attached, especially women. Mm. Oh, I'm just going to wait till I, you know, have a man and get married and then we're going to buy. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm waiting for no man, as my grandmother used to tell me. Right? Oh, so. hell yeah, man. Don't wait for no damn dude. You know, you don't want no, no broke, slobber, weird person rolling up. You want to roll up the way you want to roll up, you know, and you know, it's a it's a new day for women. You know, I I got to witness at a very young age uh, my mom, who was a businesswoman and a banker, and you know, I go back to those days. I'm like, can you imagine being a woman in corporate in the 19 like 80s and 70s? My God, you know, we talk about equality and diversity and gender equality. I mean, we know what those days were like the 70s and 80s. Holy, you know, you were you were going through some real roadblocks. Yeah. I want our listeners, Priscilla, to understand because there's so much content out there you know, around how to get into real estate, how to make money. And a lot of it is, well, complete bullshit and a lot of scam, right? Just pure scams. Let's call it what it is sometimes. But people who are listening to this interview saying, hey, first of all, you know, we're coming in, we're in a pandemic. Uh, it's yep. lasting a lot longer than we would like it to. People are starting to pivot. People are starting to say, 
well, just because I've been in this career for 10, 15, 20 years, maybe now is the time to get out of this career and do something I really like or spice it up. How can people, and let's go back to like the ABCs of when you started, because I think there's some a lot of good juice in there. How does somebody, like if, I, if Ryan says, Priscilla, you're my friend. I want to get into real estate tomorrow and I have no idea. What would you tell me? Okay, so first things first is how much capital do you have available to put in? What can you qualify for on a mortgage? So that's that's a good starting point. And if you don't have enough capital to purchase something, you know, even if it's a small property in a, a smaller city, then jo- do a JV, join up with somebody. I mean, mm. I've had so many people get together. Half of something is better than all of nothing, right? Mm. If you're gonna wait three, four, five years to save up a down payment, guess what? That property that was 400,000 today is now 550. You've missed mm. out on that Delta, that 150,000, right? You wanna get in as soon as possible the best time to buy real estate is actually yesterday so <laughs> yeah yeah i love that love that group together you know there's whether it's a it's a friend you know a family member you know i've bought real estate with family it's worked out very well it's all legal it's all good everything's you know done through the lawyers but you you the first step is to look at how much capital do you have and if it's not enough to afford something then you got to join in with someone and mm. pull your funds and purchase your first property. A few years that property goes up in value, you guys sell that. And now you've got each got enough to move on, you know, to do your own thing. Mm. But, yeah, partnership and people, those are that's going to be your best resource if you don't have the capital. Mm. If you do have the capital, some people have the capital, maybe they've, they've got blemished credit history, right? They don't, mm. they don't have mm. enough credit to get a mortgage. That's again where joining in with someone comes in, right? You join in with someone, maybe someone's got good credit, maybe they don't have a stable job to get a mortgage, but the two of you guys together on an application, now you guys can buy something. So it's really about that creativity. Um, and like I said, I, I had so many clients who, you know, I was forced to learn how to get creative because I didn't have, you know, clients with just family money, just hand, handing them a house or handing them cash, right? So we just we really got create get creative um, and use those resources, whether it's people or cash. There's also a lot of different programs people don't know about. You know, if you're in Canada, you can take out an RSP. And in 90 days, you can withdraw that RSP and use that to buy a property. Mm. And construction, there's just so many different avenues. Um, you really- hey, everyone. I know you're enjoying this episode. And thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, do you love hot wings and hot sauce as much as I do? You know, you have the standard kind of flavors and, you know, all these assortments of hot sauces around the world. But there's some that are your favorite. Now, here at the Reinhold Show podcast, our favorite, without a doubt, is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, if you don't know who they are, they're based in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and uh, they teamed up with Dustin Poirier from the UFC, who just won, uh, and they they put out some amazing product, and uh, the team over at Heartbeat, they're, 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 they're truly, truly impeccable, so... Uh, we're very proud to, to call them a, a partner of the show. And if you would like to try some amazing hot sauce, some flavors, and get your palate really moist and juicy and good, go to heartbeathotsauce.com and type in Team Holtz at checkout as a promo code for 20% off your purchase. And again, you will not be disappointed. We also want to let you know that in a better effort to connect with you guys even better via social media, you know, via the podcast apps or wherever you're consuming this, or if it's on YouTube, wherever that may be, we want to give you the option to text. So please text me at 
area code 587-875-0634. And that is me. So text me, say, hey, Ryan, how's it going? Love the show. You know, hey, could you bring on this person? Or just to say hi and how are you and how is your week and all of these different things. I think this would be absolutely incredible. Uh, and I would love if you could do that for me. Now, the last thing I want to say is, hey, book a free eight-minute brand jam. Whether you are a person or a business looking to increase your brand, increase your sales, increase your marketing, increase your digital footprint, book an eight-minute free brand jam session with me one-on-one. All the details will be in the show notes or just reach out. And last but not least, please, if you've not hit that five-star review, take a, 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 a take a screenshot of it, hit Hit the review, submit it, tag at Reinholds1 on, on all social uh, platforms so I can see it so I can repost it and give you a huge shout out. Again, curiosity should always be your mandate. Enjoy the rest of the show. And remember, Team Holtz loves you. Really got to explore all of the non-traditional ways of getting in the real estate game because that first one is going to be your launch pad. Just like you said, you got mm-hmm. your first. How much did you make off that first property? I mean, you know, that 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 to me, too, is it, I mean, it, it, to me, that kind of money feels like $10 million, because for me, you know, I always say you got to take inflation based on being yeah. broke, you know, and, and when you are, you know, and when you have nothing or there was no nest egg left for you by your parents or no will or nothing, you know, you're just like every dollar you make to me at that point and still does feels like I'm making $30 on $1. You know, I'm I've always been very good with money. I respect money. Uh, I'm not in love with money, though. I, I feel like, you know, money, Kevin O'Leary says the best, you know, money has no soul. I don't get hopped up on the currency of money, but I do like what money can do and, and the opportunities and things that it can do for you. And that, and that's where I think I think people, too, you know, I, I see a lot on your social media. You know, you, you, you kind of put out a lot of content around your relationship with money. You know, do you know about money? How do you feel about money? And it's funny because when we look at somebody's relationship with money, there's a lot of things that come from them personally, which is why they have that specific type of relationship with money. Priscilla, as a young person, was, uh, you know, you grew up in humble, humble beginnings, too. And you talk about that a lot. Right. And you've, you've kind of wore that rucksack on your back and, and brought that into your adulthood. Right. So much that, you know, I, we see you and, you know, we see your coming out party and, and kind of really showing some of different colors of you. How has somebody that's came from humble beginnings like yourself uh, polished yourself over the years to get to where you're going now because the reality is is nobody's going to believe a damn word out of your mouth until you show your full self on purpose so welcome to the ryan hill show podcast my friend (laughs) this is where this is where it's a safe space for unsafe conversations right come on now come with it right and then we're gonna and then we're gonna talk about your girl who's who's doing the hair that's scared to leave her job because you know the perceived risk but we're but we're not going there yet we're gonna we're gonna come back to you we want to make sure we get that first Yes. No. Okay. All right. So, humble beginnings. You use the word polished. It's funny when you when you say that word. So I grew up. My dad is black Jamaican. My mom is white Canadian. Okay. Yep. And so I don't necessarily look like I've got. What a kind white of white Canadian though, Priscilla? Like my mom was German, right? And then my dad was Jamaican. My mom's fourth generation. Canadian. <laughs> okay. All right. She Canadian. She okay. Canadian. All right. All right. Um, But no, so, you know, growing up, people, I most, for the most part, had black friends. I grew up Mm. in low-income housing uh, initially, and, you know, they would say, like, so you go home and there's a white lady there? And I'm like, yeah, my mom. (laughs) Like, you know, 
But when we talk about, you use the word polish, and I remember in high school, my friends, my black friends would ask me to call the school and, you know, make a call in to, to get them the day off or mm. to let them know that they wouldn't be in class. Or they would get me to call, you know, the phone company and add a private line in their bedroom because I was, <laughs> the, one who, <laughs> I was the one who could talk white. Priscilla, you do it. You know how to talk white. Yes. And so I think there was something in there that had me kind of move through certain circles and people yes. just looked at me differently. And I think I was certainly recognized now. I was definitely more accepted. Yes. A lot of times we'd be going into a store, oh, let's let Priscilla walk in first, you know? Okay. And so this sort of light skinned thing and um, certainly making other people feel more comfortable. Now, I want to I interject here. So you have code switching, right? We're, we're talking about code switching right now, right? And, and here's the, this is what's amazing. So let's take Ryan and Priscilla, because I have a very similar story to that. Um, and then let's take Tim Story, who's Oprah Winfrey and Kanye West life coach, who's been a guest of our show. He's half black, half half Mexican. And it's so funny because this guy is one of the best life coaches in the world. And he's just now talking about the fact of how his dad was not really his dad. And he he thought, I'm growing up in this Spanish home. But when I when I when I hear some like hip hop or like I'm moving like a black man and he's like, Ryan. I look like everybody, my friends was like, yo, Tim, like you look black, brother. You don't look like, you know, Mark Anthony or like, you know, like suavemente. And he's like, you know, I had this revelation and he's like, I always felt like this rhythm, but all my world was was Latin. But then there was this black side in me that I didn't really understand. And he said, you know, I, I kind of went through this code switching, but he said, what led what what the problem was is later on in life he's like ryan i had an identity crisis kind of i felt like well what side am i on who am i because he said the world likes to say well are you black are you sure. white and I, I and i and i make a joke and i say okay listen ryan's running down the street let's say i did something bad and the cops chasing me he's not like there's that half german guy running down the street there's a half german no man you a black man like even if you half black you a black man so for you, when you're telling me about calling the phone companies, walking into stores and like, you know, quote unquote, knowing how to conduct yourself, um, you know, and I'm saying that with quotations, how did that make you feel? Like, how did you understand that? I, I guess while you were going through it and then as you matured. So interestingly enough for me, which I think is very different from a lot of other mixed race people, because I was the mixed girl who had mostly black friends, I recognize now that there was something about that felt special and a little mm. bit more elevated. Mm. So they kind of, I got to help them mm. and they would use me and I was happy to be the one to walk Ooh. in first. Ooh. I was really, it felt powerful for me that mm. I was able to kind of live in these two spaces um, simultaneously. So as an, at the moment, this wasn't anything. I didn't have any bad feelings about it at all. It, it felt actually quite empowering. Um, as an adult now, I recognize it for what it is. I still feel that it was, it is something that was empowering. Yeah. And part of how I try to bring that forward now, um, especially now with everything with Black Lives Matter, mm. with you know, sort of this world is coming into this sort of like renaissance around blackness now. I'm understanding that I'm going to use almost a, an adult version of that to bring everybody forward, mm. right? So with with build up, 
a lot of it is literally like let's build everybody up mm. and be in a better position to to move forward because if you don't have money and your finances are a mess, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, all mm. of it. You know, if anyone, you've been there, I've been there. Mm. You know, it takes, it consumes you. And so when you, when your finances are in a good position, suddenly like the sun is shining, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I, I had a client, I sold real estate for many years and I had a client and I took him from 12K to $250,000 inside of three years. Mm. He didn't know what to do with himself. When he, when, when we, he got the check, he looked uncomfortable. Of course. And he looked at it and I, he was like, I just need a moment. I've never had this much money in my life. And this of is like course. a bus driver, average Joe guy. Right. Yeah. And it's just, he's like the things that are possible. He took off, he took a trip to Bali. He's like, yes. I'm, this is even possible for my life now. You know, he's helping out his family. Like, and so that is so powerful. And it starts with real estate investment. That's what it starts with for me. That's yeah. my yeah. Main, my financial stability. Um, and this is something that, like you said, you don't need to think about real estate as just something that, oh, I'm going to buy a house to live in. You've got to think about it as, as this is a way to make money. Let me you give know? you a scenario, Priscilla. Imagine we're in school. Right. So you have teachers, you know, let's say you're in grade one to, you know, grade 12. And, um, you know, your teachers are teaching you about Shakespeare, which is absolutely fucking useless. Right. I don't need to know how thou shalt be fucking broke. You know, I need to know how thou shalt make some motherfucking money. Right. That's what I need to know. So can you imagine that you're going in, you're going in, you're going into class and you're getting taught by people and I love teachers, and this is no knock on teachers at all, but teachers have been taught too, and they have a certain expertise depending on what they're teaching and their knowledge base. But, and I, and, and I am friends with teachers, and I've had teachers on, and they all say the same thing. Ryan, the institution is called an institution for a reason. It's very institutional, which means that you're, you're taught only a certain way of thinking. There's not a real estate development 101. There's not a, you know, if I still ask the average adult to this day, hey, Let's talk about credit card. Let's talk about revolving interest. What does revolving credit mean? How does like how does that work? The average person still is not very clear on how they're being charged by a credit card company, what the revolving credit is, all these things. Very simple concept. But mm -hmm. how do we, you know, that's the thing is that that bus driver, he just went through the system like all of us do. It's yeah. the ones that kind of say, "Okay, I'm going through the system." there feels like there's more to world than what I'm listening or what I'm hearing, or they get out of the system and they're like, Hey, Priscilla, like you, Hey, like this is not working. Like I'm getting collection calls. I'm getting, you know, this, like I, my life is not upping up. Like I, I need to make a change here. And that's when your mentality switches and says, okay, I need to stop looking straight ahead and like start looking around and seeing what kind of other options are out there. So for you, when was that moment for you? Or was it always something that was inside you? You know, I had, um, so my father used to tell me a lot. He, he really encouraged me to get good grades in school. And I was on the honor roll for a bit, not mm. the entire time of high school, but I was on there for a little bit. Um, and I had a really good friend and she was Chinese. Mm. And I would always say, you know what, um, my Chinese friends, you know, like they get good grades because their brain knows how to think differently. And mm. he's like, my dad would say, no, they get good grades because they study and they have discipline, you know, and that same Chinese friend of mine, you know, I was around her and her family and I saw how 
her father really taught her about money and mm. taught her the importance of, of earning and saving and investing. And that's something that I had not been taught from my parents or in my family. Oh. And I was like, huh, okay. Then now where I went to school, we were sort of two sides. There was the rich side where it lived in the houses mostly. Mm. And then me and the black friends, we lived in the apartment buildings. And I remember going to my white friends' homes and just hearing different conversations. I go for different, <laughs> which is yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was a little bit of a light that kind of started flickering at that point. And then it was when my same Chinese friend uh, encouraged, you know, we, the two of us bought that first property together as an, as a, an investment. We She had one down the street from me. And that's where I was like, you know what? When I sold that property and made 50 grand and wiped out student loan, all this other stuff, I was like, hold on, some, there's something happening here that yep. I've fallen into yes. and keep it going. And so when the other opportunities came, you know, and I'm just, I think people need to understand, people think that it's risky. Real estate investment is risky. I heard that a lot. Yes. Take that risk, and I see risk in staying at your job and relying on your nine to five, Hell and not yeah. that's the risk. Twenty years Hell from now, yeah. pay to sixty grand, big deal. You're waiting on a pension that's going to pay you three thousand bucks a month. What is that actually going to do for you? That's not going to get you the freedom. Whether you want to buy a yacht or you want to go backpack, you know, in, in Thailand at age fifty-five, like you can't do that without financial stability. That does not come from a job. I think the mindset of tying work to money, that's where you need the shift. There's so many other things that are out there um, in terms of that can build wealth for you that have nothing to do with the job you go to every day. Well, and people have to understand this. First of all, there's the money and the currency component, but currency comes in all different ways, right? There's social currency, right? There's content currency, there's uh, spiritual currency, there's, uh, you know, there's so many different forms of currency. Here, you know, I remember being 21 years old you know, my biggest thing for my out, I thought a lot of the time, and that's why I have a football helmet was, you know, I played football for many years and I thought, and, and the disciplines and the opportunities that I got from playing that sport were tremendous, let alone the trouble it kept me out of that. You know, my coaches essentially became, you know, my parents to, to some degree, but at 21, I remember working this, I got a job and I, this is my first time I ever got a business card and I have the business cards here today because my business yeah. card's an actual sock. So I like socks. So I'm a marketing guy. It's a little dirty on the tips, right? Just like an just like an actual sock. But the first time I got a business card was at 21 years old, and I was I actually took a, I actually got a job as an insurance broker, and I worked my ass off for one year, and I was so excited to go and get my review, my year end review. And man, my boss at the time he looks over. He was so excited. He's like, Ryan, you wrote so much business, man. You know, multiple six figure business. You know, commission, all these things. I was making $31,000 a year at that time. And he says, listen, I'm so happy. We are upping your salary to $33,000. Just shrink, just shrink. If you pray to a God, Lord, I, I looked I, I looked in the sky. I don't even know what I looked into. Maybe it was my mom. And I almost collapsed on my chair. I, I was like a slow release. Like, it was just like. Oh, hell no. Like in my head. Oh, heck no. This is not happening. That's the thing. And, and, and so I calculated and I said, well, okay, if you were to stay at this job, let's take like a, a good raise every year. Let's take some inflation. Let's just do the numbers. So I went from 21 to 65 years old. And I said, oh, my God. Yeah, you know, by the time you're 65, you'll be doing decent. But I said, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to rip this out. By the, so I gave myself a deadline. I said, by the time I'm 30... I want to make 
and accrue in terms of net worth what I would make staying at this job at, at 65. I did that, Priscilla, at, by the age of 27. I did it in six years. And that was entrepreneurship. But here's the thing about entrepreneurship. People hate entrepreneurs. The banks hate entrepreneurs. Yeah. The, gov- the government don't like entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, I remember, I'll never forget. And this is when I said, oh, my God, the bank. I had money, cash money. The banker that was there, I knew I made way more than him. I had nicer everything, all this. And he says, oh, my God, yo, man, you know, send me all those Send me all your, 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 you know, your NOAs. I love it. Send me your NOA, NOA. I should make a video about NOAs. Send me your notes of assessments. Right? Yeah. And, you know, this person was putting me through the grill, and I had liquid money. You know? And it's like, oh, oh wait a second. As soon as I said I, I was my own boss, self-employed, whole conversation changed. Okay, well, Mr. Holtz, we need to know your underwear size. We need to know uh, where your firstborn's going to be and where we can collect that in case this thing goes wrong. Like, it was... You know, and I'm, I said, oh, my God. But here's what that did for me. And I'm sure you know this. I thought, oh, my God. The moment I get resistance, I'm like, oh, I'm on to something. We're on to something together. So do you feel that now in your life that you're like, holy shit, man, I'm on to something? I definitely feel that vibe. Um, mm. And what, what gives me kind of that, you know, amps me up that way is when I see the difference that I'm making or my messaging is making with other people. Whether it's a DM, whether it's a phone call, whether it's people that have been, you know, with me from the beginning when I first, you know, left the government, got into real estate. Like, it's those people where I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I remember I met you guys, you were struggling in one little condo, you know, first born on the way. And Mm. now, look at you now, three, four properties. And you talked about just a second ago, you said net worth. And that's one thing that people really need to look at. Mm. What is your net worth? That's a measure of Mm. your wealth and your financial, you know, your Mm. financial status, not Oh, I made thirty-one thousand to thirty-three thousand. Not that. <laughs> yeah, man. So I yeah. Last year I was worth seven hundred thousand. This year I'm at one point five, and I can rejig things, and I can be at three million another two years. Like that is for me the real measure. But when I look back and I see the net worth of all of my clients, whether they're calculating it or not, I'm doing it in my head. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what? Look, look what my work has done for their lives and for their kids' lives, and mm-hmm. how much. They're breathing now, you know, so that is where um, that's that's what kind of gets you're an me. artist, though, Priscilla. Have you ever thought of yourself as an artist? I thought of myself as a closet artist. <laughs> OK, here's I'm going to tell you why you're an artist and and we're going to cre- we're going to create the context here. I'm a big fan of the Breakfast Club. So, you know, even when I started my podcast, I looked at I really always loved Charlemagne the God because he, he was nuts. He said provocative things and some things the guys, you know, left field. But I think, you know, he even said now he's more matured and all the mental health and all that. But I always loved the way he just broke it all down. Was like, okay, that sounds all fancy, but like, what are you trying to say right now? Like, just breaking it down. But he said one thing, and people have to understand this. Oppor- you have to understand and see opportunities that aren't necessarily attached to a paycheck, right? Right. So when you want to do something new and different, you might be working your ass off for free at the beginning. But oh, let me tell you, once you keep going. All those free hours you put in at the beginning, you will be handsomely paid like 10 times over. But people, they're in for that instant gratification, right? So here's why I think you're an artist. Because if you got all this information over the course of your life and your career right now, and now you're doing your business and you're doing good things, 
you could simply just say, well, I'm going to keep all my knowledge. I'm going to try to make as much money and I'm going to keep all my nuts in my head and just be that greedy squirrel that, you know, runs up the tree with the nuts. But here's where the artist kicks in. You're like, I'm, I'm going to implode if I do that because there's something missing. I need to share this. I need to paint the canvas with mm-hmm. other people to help them out based on the information and the knowledge that I have. It, and, and you know this, the feeling is so consuming that mm. you'll actually be doing really good and you're like, but there's something missing still. Now what's missing, Priscilla? You're making money, you got a good life, got your husband, wearing slides, all these things. Everything is good, but what the fuck is missing? That's where you know you're an artist. Cause you're like, I need to get this out. I need to share it with the world. I need to put it out through content. And that's huge. So now let, let's talk about when was the decision made to say, hey, I want to start sharing my story. I want to start putting out helpful value-based content um, to the world so that I can kind of get my mind out there at scale. Honestly, I work with a creative team and it was through their encouragement. Um, I was going to kind of just kind of keep going, you know, build some property, sell some units. But it was at a point where so many people were starting to come to me and say, Hey, like this information you're sharing is, is amazing. It's so valuable. And this was just me on my little Instagram. I had like a few hundred followers, no big deal. And I was like, hold on a second, you know, then things started really picking up with, in terms of representation, female representation, Mm. black representation. Mm. And people looked at me and said, I know you don't want to do it. You don't want to be the (laughs) brand. But this is, it's so important. And at the same time, simultaneously, I was getting feedback from people where I was like, you know what? I wanna amplify this. I wanna, you know, create a brand that really shares and tells and gives away all the goods. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give all the secrets, whether you, you know, buy my project, someone else's project, I just, I wanna help people. And so that's really, that was a turning point for me just a few years ago mm-hmm. when I started realizing how much people were getting out of it because sometimes, if you know something, you don't think it's a big deal to you. You know, mm. I, I have my clients, yeah, it's cool. But then when people start coming to you, you're like, hold on a second here. I, I, I might be onto something. I'm providing value for people, like mm. beyond small network. Let me find a way to just produce content that, you know, really gets this message out there and I can reach way more people than I'd be able to touch, you know, individually. Mm. So mm. That's, that's what what it really is for me. And I, you know, I get a lot of, messages now from young black women and young women period, and people who didn't think they could get into real estate or really considered that at all. And so that's where I'm like, okay, this is really starting to come full circle. And that that's motivating me to keep going. Do you see how your childhood impacts your adulthood? What you're doing right now is no different than your friend calling you up saying, yo, you need to give me a second line in my bedroom. There's no <laughs> difference. They're, they're saying, yo, you need to move forward with this. We need you. You need yeah. to walk in the store and be first. You know, nobody ever wants to be first because you're going to get some hits on your head when you're first, right? Mm -hmm. But listen, you need to either be first or be different. Otherwise, you're just noise, right? See what I'm saying? Preach it to me. If Sean's in the room right now, I want to hear it. Amen. Amen. There you go. Hallelujah. Right? So here's the deal, right? And make sure that damn fridge is unplugged. Thank you, Sean. But anyways, um, here's, here's the scoop is that when you know it, it's funny how you know it's it's so cool to hear people talk about their childhood and then start saying things as an adult and i always sit back and think i wonder if they're actually hearing what they're saying right now because there's so much synergy between mm-hmm. you know your experiences as a child going to adulthood and that's why i think people that you know have childhoods i mean and you know there's billions of people on the world millions of people that have had 
terrible childhoods, abuse, all kinds of terrible things. And God, you know, I I, oh, I love those people. Like I'm, I'm all about the underdog, but I always tell them, I'm like, please share your story. You know, please step into your story. Don't be ashamed of your story. Your, your story is yours. It's your one diamond that makes you different, you know, and it's going to impact other people along the way. So mm-hmm. now I want to get into the aspect of because you've talked about, you know, I seen that uh, text message screenshot you shared to your friend who's doing her hair. And she's like, yo, man, I'm, you know, hey, Priscilla, I, but I got bills to pay. I got bills. You don't understand how many bills I got to pay. And listen, I know I'm talented. And I know I'm making a lot more doing my hair than doing this. But I just can't get off. I need that life vest, Priscilla. And then you're you're pointing perceived, you know, fear, right? And, but it, I loved it because it's so true and so relevant. And that's what a lot of people are holding on to. So yeah. why for you, you know, is that like you push that out? It's, it's clearly a, a big motivation for you. Mm-hmm. Is that because you... You were that person at one point. Is it because you see a lot of people like that and you're like, come on, just, you know, pull the trigger, take the leap. Even if you get hit, at least you can say you took the leap kind of thing. Like what is is the motivation? So the motivation there is, although I was not that person hanging on to a nine to five, I was looking for any reason to get out of my nine to five. And so, (laughs) yeah, yeah. but um, it's because I see what's on the other side for her. She's working a job. She's taken, it's a call center, really. She's taken phone calls at a desk. Yep. And she's got people hitting her up. And I've tried to get her booker for other time frames, and I can't because the nine to five is her block. And I can understand it maybe if she's making 300 grand a year or some, you know, some pretty high income earner there. But you're trying to replace it's like 45, 50 grand. All you need is three gigs a week and mm. you're, you're, and you're breaking even mm. and you still own your time. Mm. But she, sitting in so much fear and that's the trouble is when all you're focusing on whatever you're putting your attention to is what you're going to get so if you're paying attention to the fear and the scarcity and Mm. that mindset you're not going to get out to the next level because you're still moving in fear Mm. and every even the the rates she's charging are too low and i'm like you should you know people with your talent level are getting double so Mm -hmm. if you have to charge market value for your what you have to offer you would be you'd be working seven hours a week instead of 40 over at the on the phones at the desk. You know what killed me reading that text message? What I thought the true entrepreneur and marketer in me said this. I said, oh, my God, you're doing black woman's hair. Like I've even said to my wife one time, I remember years ago because I'm a true entrepreneur. I'm like, I really want to have a product. You know, I'm like, maybe I should learn how to do like uh, eye, eyelash extensions. I ain't even play with you because you know what? Eyelash extensions. I'm like, holy I'm reading the numbers. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a foot dude. If you got funky feet, we're done. But I think about it. I'm like, listen, below the ankle, billions of dollars are spent in pedicures, uh, you know, nail polish. People are getting tattoos on the toes, jewelry on the toes. And people laugh at me like, oh, Ryan, your foot guy. I'm like, oh, you, oh, you know what? It's an industry. How many shoes? You can go, what? Thousand dollar pair of heels, Jimmy Choo. Come on, man. Right. And this is only for the ankle below. That's a whole industry. (laughs) Next time you look at your ankle below, say, Priscilla, you are wearing two industries, a left (laughs) industry and a right industry. Okay. now here's the deal. I thought about I'm like Priscilla's friend. If she knows how to do hair, she could have a podcast. 
She could say, hey, ladies, this is your weekly episode. I want to talk about, you know, let's talk about the different products. Let's talk about, oh, wait a sec. As I'm doing hair, I'm going to have a, you know, nice little camera there. We're going to upload that to YouTube. We're going to spin it out into a little 10-second burst of content. And then, oh, wait a sec. Cantu calls her up and says, hey, lady, listen, you got a nice little audience there. We want to pay you a couple thousand dollars a month for you to mention us on your podcast. You know, and then, I mean, come on, right? So for me, when I look at people that actually have a, like a tangible, skill especially when you're like well who's your audience i don't know anybody who needs a weave listen you're only as good as the marketing you're able to put out about what you do it's got to be better than how you do whatever it is you're doing (laughs) hallelujah so (laughs) if you have the talent and you can combine that with some good marketing oh my gosh you're off to the races the trouble is she's just got no diversity of thought You've got to surround mm. I've got diversity of thought. I have people who have a broke poverty mindset and I have people around me who are abundant on fire all day. The world is my oyster. Mm. And so I can see things through those two sides, right? And mm. I see where she's sitting and she's got friends who have the same mentality that she has and you need to break away from that. If she hung out with me for a week or two and around, you know, the people, my abundance people, she would not be sitting there. She'd be like, how do I resign? Help me write the letter. That's mm. what she'd be saying. But mm. when you sit trapped and you're just in more of the sameness, you can't move forward into something different if you're just surrounding yourself with the same thing all the time, right? So there's so much potential for her. And I think that's, you know, this it irks me. And that's why I had to ask her if I could share that text message. <laughs> 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 I could have strong feelings about this as well, you know. Yeah. And still, after all of it, she still said to me actually just this morning, okay, I'm going to think about it some more. Oh, ah! my God. Oh, man, you're gonna have to low key tell me her name right now. So everybody knows me all tag her. And then I'm gonna clip this podcast out and just like taking a, a sponsored post on it and be like, listen, meet, meet, meet Stacy. Stacy needs to, you know, you know, she needs to do more hair, you know, because it's so true. Right. Like and, and you know what it is, though? It's not a differentiation of mindset for her. God bless her soul. But here's the deal. She needs more confidence. There's an insecurity. There's a fear. She's not valuing herself. She's undercharging. She doesn't think that she can get more. She's in a very, you know, she's in a different mindset that way. So it has nothing to do with the marketing or the hair. It has everything to do with her, right? You know, and that's for you too, right? You're going to dominate. Brad Lamb's going to be like, yo, I'm like, wait a second. Is that, oh, you know, let's put, let's put uh, Priscilla Facey's, you know, curls on Brad Lamb's bald head, right? And be like, yo, Brad, I got the new emoji for you. This is your new marketing. And Brad, if you're hearing this, hey, brother, you know, all love, man, all love. But here's the deal. This is, this to me is, is, is the cornerstone of pulling the trigger of success and you know in real estate i'll never forget it when i was really young and you you're right thought patterns are everything who you associate with you know you are what you eat but you're also the company you keep right and just mere conversations they seep into your brain Mm -hmm. even now you know i'm 37 years old and i say okay i watch what i consume for content I watch, my circle is so damn small. I mean, if you if you're if you're actually saying Ryan, me and you are friends, get the <laughs> knife out, get the knife out and start cutting because I need some blood. We're like this is blood in, blood out. You know, shout out to DMX, right? So you know, I need to know that my running mates, they don't got any bad energy. You know, we're yeah. we're going for the same goal and we're we're uplifting as we're doing it. People say that, but some of your biggest enemies are sitting right beside you. Yeah. You know. They're like, oh, that's so good, Priscilla. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying, right? 
So I think my biggest thing for that is, you know, when I look at you and I see, hey, you know, you're doing this real estate stuff. I go back to the, the story I heard, and I remember this one guy, he's a black dude, he's a mortgage broker, and he said, Ryan, I'm doing really well in life. And he and I said, okay, cool. And I said, yo, this is, and we were younger. I said, why are you still taking the bus? <laughs> and he's like, I take the bus because it's cheaper. And this guy's dressed to the nines all the time, right? Yeah. And then he would work at a bar, a hip-hop bar as a door guy. And then he was a mortgage broker during the day, and this motherfucker was taking the bus. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, you gotta be doing good. I see what you're doing at the club. I see like everything. He says, Ryan, I am a very wealthy man, but I'm broke liquid. But on paper, your boy's doing good. And I never understood the concept. He said, well, let me break it down for you. He said, every single dollar I make, I put into my real estate investments. He's like, I own, a, I own apartment buildings. I'm like, what? He's like, my money and cash flow is tight. But he said, listen here, brother, five to 10 years from now, <laughs> it ain't going to be tight. And I'm going to start selling some of these assets. I'm going to have yeah. more money than I even know what to do with. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like that light bulb. Like I could hear it in my head. Ding, yeah. you know? And so that's where he had the mentality of knowing I'm in this for the long haul. Could you mm -hmm. speak to that? This is going to be one of my last questions, but could you speak to that? You know, being very like, hey, man, I'm not out there balling. You know, because I'm not flowing money around, but man, pff, your boy's got wealth. And I mean, that that is definitely something I am not a flashy person. I don't spend money on cars, on purses. I talk about this ad nauseum. I do not own a single designer bag. And in fact, I was gifted one and I gave it right back. <laughs> I'm not about that life, you know, yeah. but um, and I really value investing and there's certain People, people have got to do what's good for them, right? And I mean, mm. he feels good. It makes him happy knowing he's got his money's over here and he's just living very lean to mm. build that up. And a lot mm. of us, because we want so much instant gratification, I mean, we get everything when we want it at the moment we want it, right? And so a lot of people really, it's, it's a lot of discipline to delay that. But when you see what's possible and what's on the other side of that three, four years from now, you know, that's where I'm like, how can you choose to go buy a $1,000 pair of Jimmy Choo's when you can take that same money and a few calculated moves and in three years from now, you're like on a beach in Hawaii, like money's flowing in abundance, it's not a thing. So I think that's that's what drives me. Mm. And it, that is a tough conversation that I have with people because people are very attached to their things. Of course. Right? So attached to their, you know, Mercedes truck and their bags and whatever they're, you know, some people are into anything. Mm. It's just, You've got to be attached to the long-term outcome. That's what I'm. That's that's where I keep my eye. Um, and all these little things in the meantime, it doesn't mean anything because I've seen the people twenty years later. They're still broke in their fur coat. Like this doesn't do it. Yeah. For you know. You so people have to really understand where are you going to end up. In I used to create. You got to look at your five-year plan. At the rate you're going, what where are you going to be in five years? If your net mm. worth has not gone up, you're not in a much better place. Why are you doing this? You, you mm. need to, you know, attach to that. So, 
You know what? It's it's interesting because because you're right. You know, and uh, you know, there's so many people out there driving their luxury vehicles. You know, and they're like, wait a sec, I don't got ten dollars for gas. You know, you got you roll up in the G wagon. You're like, yo, bro, could you spot me twenty dollars? <laughs> wait a sec, I got to put premium in this. I need at least twenty five. You know, uh, I ain't even from Toronto, but I'm like, you get on that Dom Valley or that four hundred one, your tank is empty. You screwed. You screw- and then that tow truck driver coming to clean the rest out. You know, there's gonna be a fee for that. You know, and if you didn't pay those tolls, oh my gosh, man, you coming to Toronto, they arrest you at the airport. You didn't pay the tolls. You didn't pay those tolls. You come with us, sir. You come with us, sir. You know, (laughs) right? So no, no, the world, people are funny, funny people, you know, and this has been a great episode. This is our our first episode together, Priscilla, and people listening to this episode, you know, we're, we're introducing you to the audience and I think so much to unpack here. We probably talked about 20 different issues that are could be uh, 20 subdivi- subdivided issues within <laughs> one. But I'm just trying to get a full, uh, you know, 360 degree scoop on, on who you are. So I'm going to wrap it up. Is there anything else you'd like to say, though? Is there anything else you'd like to, to, to bestow on our audience of words of wisdom? Yeah, I think my main thing is where you are at does not have to determine where you're going. Mm. It's about, you know, alignment, connecting with the right people, getting the right information and taking the risk to move forward because there is risk in staying stagnant. That's mm. what I mean. What can we look forward to on your content coming out? I got a lot of um, interesting stories about different people who have built themselves up you know, who've mm. come from, like me, humble beginnings and have really made a, a multitude, you know, of success out of their life. Mm. Their financial. Mm. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Do you see me? I'm here. I'm, I see you. It only it only fro- it only froze for like ten seconds. Don't don't worry about that. Just re-answer that question. Uh, what kind of content can we can we expect from you? And you know, just drop your podcast and and what 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 the audience can expect from you and whatnot. So just start over. It's only two seconds. Don't worry. Yeah. So what I've got coming remix. Out is- <laughs> I'm telling you though, this is conversation. No, this, and I'm I'm not editing this out. This is great. People love this stuff, man. It's a conversation. But anyways, I, I'm Mr. Joker, so I had to say remix for some reason. So, anyways, so, so we've got the build up podcast is coming out where we are going to feature guests um, and people similar to myself who come from super humble beginnings and really made a, a gigantic success life out of what they do um mm. so i'm looking forward to amplifying those stories and continuing to share you know these little short videos and clips on ways that people can really shift their mindset get in the game and really start building generational wealth that's wealth mm. that's going to last not only your life but for the lives that are going to come after you mm, i like that i like that when am i coming on your show when am i coming on your show you tell me we're doing a virtual <laughs> series um I think we'll be push. We'll be recording that this month. I'm looking. So. I'm looking forward to that. We have to do some Instagram. You and I got to do some Instagram lives too. I'm gonna. Yes. That's that's yes. that's one thing I'm gonna start incorporating in my content is 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 Instagram lives with with some of my guests and stuff because I don't know. I just I love the live element of it. I think it's you know it's just real you know and they're they're so I like a topic too you know like the the one topic I'm very interested in too is you know you, you said the other day you're like hey you're sitting on a gold mine you know you own a home you got equity built into the home. 
how to use mm-hmm. that to, to buy more real estate. That's a whole nother, that's a whole topic in itself. I mean, that's huge. To me, the real estate game is like, you really got to be financially savvy and understand how to put deals together, especially if you got zero, you know, you yeah. need to figure that out because that's, that's everything. And like I said, the banks, the banks, they're, they're, they're trying to object and, and get in your way all, all kinds of ways. <laughs> There's a workaround for everything. I've had a loophole for every single thing, or I wouldn't be sitting here. I've had it all. I've had the bad credit. I've had the no money. I've had all of it, and I'm still sitting here. Um, and so I, 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 there is no question or issue that cannot be answered. Period. I don't want to it. hear. It's we're moving forward regardless. I love that. Before I get to my last question, just uh, drop it where everybody can find you. All things Priscilla. I'll, I'll put everything in the show notes, of course. But where can everybody reach out, get some hair product advice, how to keep the curls good, how to how to get the real estate development going, how to how to not succumb to the designer handbags and why you need to keep below the ankle fresh and good. No grenades allowed. Don't pull. This is the worst thing. I remember working at a shoe store. I I used to call myself the Black Al Bundy. You remember that show Married with Children? Listen, people would come in. I'd say, listen, girl. Okay, you want a peekaboo toe? No problem. You need two inch, three inch? What you need? Oh, you got a little wide foot? Okay, that's not going to be the one. We don't want to make sure that you've fallen out the shoe. But then they take out their foot out of the shoe. I'm like, oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, help me, We No, no. You You need to go out the store. There's a little nail place just down the thing. Tell them Ryan sent you. You come back, show me your receipt. I ain't even joking about this. This is a true story. I used to give them 10% off the shoes. If they told me that they, they could prove that they just got a pedicure. <laughs> and I think about it now. I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'd probably be fired for that in two seconds. But I used to I used to pull it off. I had the, I had the best relationships with my shoe customers. They would come in and be like, Ryan, just make sure my feet look good. I'm like, you know what you need to do before you get here. Get that pedicure. <laughs> that is discrimination on a number of levels. But we'll <laughs> Anyway, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Priscilla Facey and I am on my business is on Instagram at buildupdevco. And if you want to check us out online, we're at buildupdevco.com. That's perfect. And I ask all my guests this last question. What can I do for you? I need to feel more of your energy vibe. I need the like, wake up. I feel like you wake up laughing, share that with us. Like you just, you're naturally happy and laughing all the time. And I have lots of problems, you know, I mean, I, that's that's people tell me that all the time, you know, they're like, I don't understand. I'm like, listen, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I got a two year old daughter. My daughter's birthday was yesterday. We celebrated, you know, my son is four. I mean, you know, when I speak of being a dad and not that, that to me, man, being a dad and a husband is number one, you know, and then I say it's beast mode after that. But family for me, you know, not having that cohesive family as, as uh, growing up, that was literally one of my dreams and and i and i've conquered that dream you know and we talk about financial literacy and my dad just yesterday you know when when one of our children has a birthday we don't just get one gift for them a couple gifts for them and not the other child you cannot do that right everything is equally distributed right but my my son i said well you know i'm gonna buy him a wallet you know so he has this little piggy bank but i want to get him a wallet and it's bad luck. Never give somebody a wallet with no money in it. It's very bad luck. Always make sure you give somebody a wallet with some money in it. So anyways, he's, he's been all about this money. He buys toys. And, you know, I say, okay, well, you know, when he was younger, he's only four. But when he's younger, I used to say, okay, you want that toy? Okay, that's going to be, 
you know, one room cleanup. You want the second toy? That's going to be one room up, room cleanup, and you're going to help mom in the kitchen. Or you're going to help mom, or you're going to help dad. So he would understand that if I want something, I got to do something to get it, which is the work. So anyway, I rolled by his room yesterday, you know, and I all of a sudden he's look up. He says, hey, daddy. I said, <laughs> so I look down. He's got his wallet out. He's just counting his money. He says, daddy, I'm counting my cash money. <laughs> so he's five. 10, 50, put in his wallet nice, got his thing. Then he's got his little piggy bank. So he he's ready to go, right? He's like, well, I know next week we're going to be going to the little store. Got a couple things. Starts doing his little research of what he wants to get, right? Yeah, and he says, yeah. and so we had one of our neighbors a couple days ago. He says, hey, what about this truck? He says, yeah, you know, it's a really good toy. I love this little ride truck. But he's like, it's not a good investment. It's going to depreciate as soon as you start driving it. This is a four-year-old. And to me, I'm like, yes, because it's financial literacy. It's understanding the dollar and what the dollar means, right? Yeah, yeah. no, we just sold our house and I've got a four and six-year-old and I went through with them on all the things we have to do because when we're selling the property to get the most money, you've got to have people make an emotional connection. They walk in the door. (laughs) Yes, yes. Everyone, that has been a, another episode of the Ryan Ultra Podcast. This one is sponsored by Build Up Development Co. I'm going to put Priscilla's information in. Check her out. All things real estate based out of Toronto. And again, if you've not smashed the five-star review, please do that for us. This full interview will be available at youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz. And remember, curiosity should always be your motherfucking mandate.